You are now listening to Changing Lives, a podcast presented by Mount Gilead Full Gospel International Ministries, hosted by co-pastor Elena Robertson. Welcome back to Changing Lives. We are changing lives with the Word of God, and I'm so glad that you tuned in once again to our podcast. And I am again looking forward to sharing with you. We've been in the midst of a series, and I believe this is actually number seven of the Mind of Christ series. And we'll be wrapping up. We got one more session after this, but I could really go on and on dealing with the Mind of Christ because all throughout the Word of God, it gives us a pattern. It gives us examples through Jesus Christ's life. It shows us how to have His mind, and so. So I'm going to just continue on, and uh, we've uh, been uh, focusing on our base scripture, which is 1 Corinthians 2.16, that says that we have the mind of Christ, point blank. That's just how it is. We as Christians, we have inherited the mind of Christ. Um, and then in Philippians 2.5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So you have a part to play, even though you have the mind of Christ, doesn't necessarily mean that you're letting the mind of Christ be in you, okay? And so my prayer is that through these teachings that that you have been provoked like never before to allow and let the mind of Christ resonate through your whole being. Amen. And so in this series, we've been talking about um, some characteristics of uh, the mind of Christ. And we started out talking about uh, one of the characteristics being uh, alive, being full of life, being uh, uh, full of uh, vitality and, and, and motion and action. And then s- the second one we talked about being s- single-minded, having a, a focused mind, singleness of mind, singleness of heart, the heart and the mind being synonymous. And then the third characteristic we talked about was humble humility, uh, uh, not having pride, not being puffed up, but being submitted and humbled uh, uh, to the will of the Father. And then the last one that we talked about was uh, pure, having a a pureness of mind. And so today what we're going to talk about as another characteristic of the mind of Christ is a ready mind. And I am excited about this because I think this is a a major piece to helping us in the body of Christ to be in the will of the Father, okay? And so what is a ready mind? A ready mind is a mind that is open to the will of God for us. Uh, and that would be whatever um, and for what, and, and as well as in whatever, okay? And so Another way of saying a ready mind is a responsive. When um, when you are responsive to something, that means you you are attentive to to whatever you're receiving, whatever you're listening to. And so, another definition for responsive is inclined to act or respond readily. That means you're not just you know oh, blase blase listening to what someone's saying, but not really listening in one out ear. In one ear and out the other. No, it's not. But you're listening uh, without hesitation. You're listening uh, uh, to be reactive to what you're hearing. You're listening with a sensitivity to what's coming across your ear gates and entering into your spirit. You have an open mind, a mind that's open to receive what is coming to you, um, a receptive mind 
or another way of putting it, a willing mind. And so as I think about these characteristics, I think about um, the word hearken. And if you look through the word of God, you hear uh, sometimes a reference to hearkening, hearkening to the word of God. And our apostle um, uh, emphasized this definition. He said, when you hearken to the word of God, that means you listen with the intent to do. You're not just hearing it, but you're hearing it because you're preparing yourself for action. You're preparing yourself to do what you've heard. So hearkening uh, goes right along with having a ready mind, with with being responsive, uh, 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 having a responsive mind. And so also Hearkening can also mean that, you know, you can listen, but you know how sometimes, I don't know if you heard that story about the little boy that was told to do something by his mom. And, uh, um, you know, it could have been that he told, the mom told him to sit down. Um, But in his mind, he was thinking, okay, you're telling me to sit down. So I'm listening and I'm doing what you're telling me to do. But in my mind and in my heart, I'm standing up. You know, and so that's definitely the opposite of hearkening. That's the opposite of being responsive because you can go through the motions of being or looking like you're receptive. But it, it, the, the the core or essence of what we're talking about is what's in that mind, that inner man, what nobody else sees, no, what nobody else hears, what nobody else may know that is going on except for yourself and God. And so... And so, but when you hearken, you you don't have those mental comments in your mind. You know, I I know as I was growing up as a youth, you know, I would do the same thing. My mom would tell me something to do something and, you know, I'll mumble and, you know, complain about it, um, but not really in my heart. Uh, uh, be all in with being willing to do what she requested of me. But I did it, but it wasn't of a willing heart. And because of that, I didn't really reap the joy and the benefits of, of that, okay? And so, um, but also, it can also be connected to being respectful in your attention, okay? And, um, and that is something that, that is a, a, a precious commodity for really children of God, for the body of Christ, to be able to, to um, you know, whenever you are in connection or receiving from somebody, definitely from God, definitely from our father, but even from someone maybe in authority or even from somebody that, that has something to offer to you and you being respectful and attentive to hear somebody, to hear what they're saying, because you, you, you recognize that God can use anyone to speak to you. If he can speak through a donkey, okay, to give instructions, he can certainly speak to anyone. And so, so, but when you're hearkening, you 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 you're being respectful enough to receive what you're hearing to 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 filter whether okay this is something that can be very beneficial to me. So let me listen with an intent to see how I can carry this out. Um, and so certainly you want to have discernment in that. But listen, when when God Almighty is speaking to you, which is His Word, when you read His Word, that's Him speaking to you. You don't necessarily have to discern his word because his word is what it is, okay? It's sharp, it's quick, it's powerful, and it is the thing that discerns us, not we discern the word. Hallelujah. And so so as we go through this lesson, we want to really focus in on 
evaluating ourselves to see, do we really have a ready mind, a mind that's open to the will of the Father? And so in Acts 17, 10, um, and verses 10 and 11, we see how there is a reference of what a ready ready mind is. And Paul and Silas, they had gone to Thessalonica and they uh, were, were ministering the gospel. They were preaching the word of God. They were breaking it down and trying to help the people to, to understand uh, the way of Christ. And they weren't quite getting it. They weren't receptive to it. They were very abrasive to uh, receiving the word of God. And so they really had that. They had the, the, to, to immediately immediately leave out of town. And um, so they ended up leaving by night and, and, and they went into Berea and, um, and they came into the synagogue in um, Berea and, and, and in that synagogue, they began to share with the Jews. This is the Jews. These are the people that, 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 you know, weren't necessarily trained in a Messiah coming because they believed that the Messiah had not come in their day and they were still believing for the Messiah. So to hear a gospel, that says that the Messiah had, had, has come and he, he, he bled, he died, he suffered, he, and, and then he was resurrected from the dead and he has come to give us life abundantly. It was a strange doctrine to them. But the people in Berea were very receptive. As you look at verse 11, it says this, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mine and search the scripture daily whether those things were so meaning they were they wanted to make sure for themselves that they got into the scripture to see what Paul and Silas were ministering was it true and so and if they if it's in the word of god in other words then they were receptive to it. And so it was awesome that they had their minds open to receive, to say, well, let me listen to this because, you know, as a Jew, we've been believing for the Messiah to come and we want to be open to the word of God that if, 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 if it's been manifested and it's in the word of God, we want to be open to that. And so this display, the, the people in Berea, displayed a a readiness of mind. Now, when we look at Jesus Christ, of course, we have the mind of Christ, right? So that's what we're studying. We're studying the mind of Christ and we're studying how to let this mind be in us. And the main way that we have been doing that is by partaking of this this, this series um, of lessons pertaining to the mind of Christ, which is based on the word of God. So being receptive to the word of God helps us to, 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 um, to fashion and to form and to hone our minds to be shaped in, to be like the mind of Christ. And so when you look at Jesus Christ as our ultimate example, because it's his mind that we're studying, right? Okay, so in Philippians 2, 8, and we studied about uh, in Philippians chapter 2 about the humility of, of Jesus Christ as one of the characteristics of the mind of Christ. But in, in Philippians 2.8, it goes on to talk about, you know, uh, how he had humbled himself even unto death. And so in, in, in verse 8, it says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so we see right away that that humility is connected to 
um, being uh, having a readiness of mind and being responsive responsive to the will of the Father. If you look at Luke twenty two forty two, this is where Jesus is is in um, at the Mount of Olives with his disciples, and he and he had bought Peter, James, and John with them, and he he he. He admonished them to 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 pray, uh, to tarry, and to pray while he went, you know, a little ways away, about a stone's throw away, to to pray to the Father. And as he prayed to the Father, this was one of his most agonizing moments because if you remember, this is the time that he was agonizing between uh, uh, fulfilling the will of the Father and what he had to go through in order to fulfill the will of the father. And he knew that no one else on the earth would ever have to experience what he had, that the, the agony, the pain. Sure, he had already received backbiting and 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 betrayal and 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 all these things while he was in the earth rim, but now he was getting ready to give up his life to die a a treacherous and horrific death. And he knew that that was no piece of cake, <laughs> and so um, and so for him, he was in the garden, and and if you remember, he began to to sweat like great drops of blood because of his agony that he was dealing with in his flesh. His spirit was willing, but his flesh was agonizing what he had to go through. But this is what he came to terms with. In uh, Luke twenty two forty two, it says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. But in that same sentence, he was, he was saying, God, Father, if this cup can be taken away from me, take it from me. If it's your will, that's what he said. But then that same sentence, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And that was powerful because in his 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 tooling and in his wrestling within himself, he knew that his heart was connected to the will of the Father, and so that was what he was determined. And he realized he said, nevertheless, not my will. So he knew that it wasn't my will. So you know, so in in his agonizing, he was thinking about what he had to go through, and certainly his will was. Uh, you know, that he didn't want to go through, necessarily go through the suffering in and of his own will, but because of him wanting to fulfill the will of the Father, he said, okay, I'm willing to go through the suffering. I'm willing to go through the pain and the agony and the mockery and the shame because I want to please my Father. That is, oh my gosh, dynamic. And in Galatians 1, 4, it says this because he it goes to show he didn't do it for himself. It wasn't a checklist that he, he was trying to check off, um, you know. And so he said, who gave himself for our sins? He was submitted to the will of the Father for us. And then it goes on to say that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God, our Father. Oh my goodness, glory to God. And so in Luke 10, 22, it says, all things are delivered to me of my father. And no man knoweth who the son is, but the father. And who the father is, but the son. And he to whom the son 
will reveal him. So this goes to show how closely connected he was to the father and how much he really knew the will of the father. Okay. To know the father. Okay. No one knew the father like the son, Jesus Christ. And so as we go on, we, we, we begin to see how much more Jesus Christ was invested in fulfilling the will of the father, pleasing the father. And John, the eighth chapter, starting at the 28th verse, it says, then Jesus said unto them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then shall you know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, nothing of his own initiative, nothing of his own agendas, nothing of his own motives. But he says, but as my father has taught me, he humbled himself and placed him in a position to be taught by the father. So then he goes on to say, as my father has taught me, I speak these things. 29 verse says this, and he that sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone for I do always those things that please him. He was invested in the will of the father. God so loved the world, what? That he sent his only begotten son for us, okay? So Jesus was the only one, okay, that the father had. And he released him to the earth realm because he knew that he could depend on his son to carry out his will, to carry out his plan, to not be on his own agenda, to not be in his own selfish emotions and feelings and what he wanted to do. Glory to God. And so then it goes on to say, in John 8, the 31st verse, it says this, and this is Jesus talking. He said, then said Jesus to those Jews, which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it was in the word of the father, because what was it that the father taught him? the Father's will, the Father's law, the Father's way, which is His Word. His Word is His will, His way, His law. And so and so, when Jesus was telling the Jews in this particular situation that if you continue in His Word, the words that He had been teaching Him based on what Jesus Himself had received from the Father because He did not teach anybody anything other than what He received and was taught of of the Father. So he said to them, then you become my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it's evident that in that readiness of mind, in that uh, uh, responsiveness to the will of the father is, is being submitted to his word and to be submitted to his word is to be subjective to the truth. And when you know the truth, you have no truth, no, no, no choice, hallelujah, but to be free because it says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so responsiveness, so having a readiness of mind is, is not out of duty. It's not out of, uh, like I said, the checklist. It's not, you know, uh, you know, well, I feel like it today, so then I'm going to do it. No, it is, it is based on Christ's humility, 
It is based on his being teachable. It is based on his willingness to yield up his will so that the father's will could overtake his life. Glory to God. That is powerful. So Jesus was sensitive and responsive to the utmost degree to his father. So not of his own initiative, but his willingness to be taught of the father. Glory to God. So he claimed to see, whatever he did, he claimed that whatever he was doing, he was doing it based on the father. Whatever he heard, it was because it was what the father was telling him. Whatever he said, it was what the father had already given him. He did nothing independently of the father. Okay. He was taught by the father. He was devoted to the father. So he, so before there was a mind of Christ, You can say there is the mind of the father. Come on now. When we remember in the word of God, where it says, where God lets us know in his word that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So God, our father has thoughts. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you. His thoughts, his, what he's thinking are his plans, his thoughts and his ways are his word is what it 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 is his mind it is his way of thinking so before there was a mind of Christ there is the mind of the father so so Jesus Christ had nothing more than what he received from the father so to say that 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 we have the mind of Christ is to say that we have the mind of the father. You know, when I think of that scripture in Isaiah 55, where it talks about my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. It's not that God is being all caught up in his splendor and his grandeur to, to flaunt at us that we don't think like him. And as if we can never think like him, that's the reason why he gives us his word. That's the reason why he gave us all the benefits of, of his giving his only begotten son of giving his angels charge over us, of giving us the authority in the name of Jesus, of giving us the word, the living quickening word of God so that we can think like the father. So to say that we have the mind of Christ is to say that we think like the father and that we have the mind of Christ. Oh, glory to God. That is dynamic. That is awesome. So Jesus heard from the father and, and we must hear from the father. So, you know, so he's our example. So, so he is our bridge. He is our connector. So, so Jesus example was that he heard from the father. So we must hear from Jesus. And as we hear from Jesus, we know that we automatically hear from the father. So as Jesus was taught by the father, then we know that we are to be taught by Jesus. So as Jesus did nothing independently of himself, except it were, it was in the father, then we ourselves should not seek to do anything, anything in and of ourselves. We should not seek to function when we get up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, when we eat, when we sleep, when we breathe, we should not seek to do anything except we do it in Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so as Jesus was very close to the father, so are we to be close to Jesus. And how is it that we become close to Jesus? It's in his word. It's through prayer. 
It's through meditation. It's through being intentional about praying the will of the Father, about speaking the will of the Father, about meditating and thinking on a daily basis all throughout the day, the word of the Father. Glory to God. So let's look at the disciples. They also had a readiness of mind because let me tell you something, you know, the word of God talks about how, you know, um, um, in the word where it says, you know, um, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. So it's evident that we become disciples because we continue in his word and continuing in his word is not hearing his word. It's not coming into church and listening to a message, continuing in his word, that continuing is action. That means that that means you taking up the word of God as living, as sleeping, as eating, as breathing. You're continuing in it day in and day out. In his word, do we meditate? Psalms 1, day and night. And Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall, none, shall not depart from out of our mouths, but in it shall we meditate day and night, continuing in his word. So the word of God says in, in John 8, as, as just as Jesus talking, he's teaching us, he's training us. If we continue in his word, no, not yesterday's word, you know, not, you know, not, you know, oh yeah, I had an awesome prayer time yesterday. Oh yes, I had an awesome time meditating on the word of God. But what are you doing right now? What are you doing today? What did you do this morning? What are you doing tonight? Uh, have you continued in his word or are you continuing in something else that has spoken louder than his word? Opinions, uh, philosophies, ways of doing things that are not in his word. So he says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples? So we're looking at God, looking at Jesus' first disciples because you know, it's evident that that they were um, that they that that they were fit to be trained by Jesus because he had to pick out twelve men that had the quality to have a readiness of mind to be receptive to something that they had never heard before in their life. These people were trained, you know, some people were, were trained, you know, uh, uh, in the synagogues, the Jews and, and all that. But the disciples, they weren't trained. They weren't necessarily, you know, they didn't necessarily know what the Pharisees, Pharisees and the Sadducees knew. They didn't know necessarily what the priests knew because these were ordinary, um, hardworking men that were out in the fields and, 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 and out in the workplaces doing their ordinary jobs. But, but God called upon them through Jesus Christ because he recognized that they had a quality in them. And that was a readiness of mind, a openness to receive a responsiveness to, to when they're being taught to, to be open, to receive it and to be submitted to another man's will. Come on now. Oh, you know, that's a powerful, powerful quality. You know, I'm thinking about the scripture that talks about, except uh, 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 we uh, are submit to another man's, uh, 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 be faithful in another man's uh, 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 work. 
How can God give us that which is our own? And the disciples, they showed the, the epitome of being faithful in another man's work. Okay, so this was Jesus Christ. So, so he looked at them. He recognized the quality of a readiness of mind, so much so because they were about ready to embark, embark upon three years of intensive training. Not only training, the training that included, it included intimate times with Jesus, but it also included demonstration. It, it, it included impartation. And so, you, you know, if you're going to receive anything from the Father, if you're going to receive anything from Jesus, you got to be receptive. So that they had that quality because Jesus handpicked these men. And you go on and you see that, that, they, that they weren't perfect. You know, um, they stumbled, they erred in their ways. I mean, you know, but that they still had a readiness of mind. I mean, there are times when they asked him, Lord, teach us, teach us how to pray. You know, and it wasn't like, oh, you know, well, let me just ask Jesus a question. Let me just take up some time. No, they in their hearts had a readiness to receive the will of the Father. They had been in training, but they wanted more. And so they saw how Jesus would, would go to the Mount of Olives and go to different places to pull away from the crowd and, and go away to pray to the Father. So they wanted to know. So they had that readiness of mind to say, Jesus, teach us. Teach us how to pray. How do we pray to the Father? They had other encounters where, you know, where Jesus had had released to them the power to be able to cast out demons. And he, and he commissioned them. He sent them out two by two to go and minister to the sick and those who were possessed and, 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 and that needed deliverance. And, you know, the report came back that 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 they couldn't cast out the demons, but they were concerned about that. They weren't like, you know, oh, that was a hard day, day's work. I was tired anyway, dealing with all these hard-headed folks. No, they were perplexed. They, they were inquisitive to know, Jesus, you have given us this power. What is that ingredient? How do we release this power to be able to cast out demons and to set the captives free? So they inquired of Jesus because they recognized that the demons were subject to Jesus, to his power, and they wanted to be able to flow in that. Glory to God. So we see that they had that they that 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 even though that sometimes they didn't learn as quickly because there were times when Jesus said to them, "How long are you going to be with me and you still not know?" You know, he he dealt with their doubts. He dealt with their fears, you know, cuz he was with them day in and day out. He sat with them, he ate with them, he trained them, he taught them, he demonstrated to them. But yet there were times that they still didn't get it, but yet, even in that, they weren't discouraged. They had an openness. They had a readiness. They had a receptiveness. They had a sensitivity to the training and the word of God. Hallelujah. So the, so, so, so the disciples were our examples in addition to Jesus himself. So I say to you, do you have a readiness of mind? You know, when we look in John 5, 30, it says, this is Jesus. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father, which has sent me. And, you know, so, so, so we have to look at ourselves to see 
Have we been training ourselves to have a ready mind? When you train yourself to have a ready mind, that means you're able to handle when things don't go your way. You know, he gives us the desire. And yes, he even gives us the desire of our hearts. But there's sometimes when we think we want something, when we want something bad enough, it may not come to us. And, you know, in those moments, we need to take a moment to say, thank you, God, that we don't always get what we want because our heavenly father knows us better than we know ourselves. So if we got everything we want. We would be really a hot mess because if you look at even the children of Israel, they wanted a king. They wanted a king so bad. And they kept murmuring. They kept, they wanted a king. And what happened? God gave them a king. And when he gave them a king, they came under oppression. They came under a rule of a ruler that began to, to be, to be bent towards his own selfish desire and was not set on the will of the father. And so when you want something so bad, you got to watch that. You got to watch that when you have a readiness of mind and you, you, you are able to say, not my will, not what I desire, but your will, what you desire for me, let it be done. And because you know, when the will of the father is done, God takes care of his own. He will give you things that you didn't realize that you liked. He will bless you and open doors in ways that you thought you knew the best way, but you didn't because you were willing to yield your will up and allow the will of the father to come to pass, you began to see, oh my gosh, God cut out a path that had I did it in my own strength, I would still be scratching my head trying to figure this thing out. And so it's a characteristic of Jesus that we really have to covet. We really have to earnestly allow ourselves to be trained in, to, to flow in that readiness of mind. And, you know, I think about, again, I have mentioned my description, I don't know how many times and I will continue to mention a million times because it is so powerful. And that is Philippians four thirteen, And it is, um, it is, in the Amplified Version, it's really, really powerful. And it says this, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength in me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And this scripture is really the epitome of a ready mind because it's showing a, 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 um, a, 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 a relinquishing of our own selfishness or our own sufficiency, our own ability, and we releasing it to the Father and we're allowing our lives to be hidden in Christ Jesus so that he covers us, that w- when we think that we may be strong in that area. Jesus Christ knows us more than ourselves. And he knows what we're about ready to encounter that the strength that we think we have may not measure up to what we need. And so, but when we recognize that in, in Christ, I cannot lose if I hide myself in him and allow him to strengthen me where there may be areas of weaknesses that I may not be aware of or insufficiencies where I may not be aware of. And so human, human sufficiency is, is compared to God is insufficient anyway. (laughs) But when you have sufficiency in Christ, it is perfect sufficiency. You have every thing you need. So that's why in the scripture it says that you can be ready for anything. 
and equal to anything. So when you are hidden in Christ Jesus, then you, that characteristics of a ready mind, it, it positions you to be able to handle whatever can come your way. So you can wake up in the morning and you can say, you know, I, you know, the enemy may have some things planned for me, some things to plot my demise, but I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ who infuses me with inner strength. That's a readiness of mind. That's a, that, that you have already relinquished your will in that to the will of the father and to his way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there is nothing that can overtake you. You're ready for anything. You know, in second Corinthians eight twelve, it talks about a willing mind as it relates to giving. Um, you know, and so it says for, if there be first a willing mind, um, which also means a ready mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to what he has not. So I'm telling you, even in your giving, when you have a ready mind to, to uh, be willing to do what the, what the Father prompts you to do in your heart, then he will make up for what you don't have because God is not looking at what you don't have. He's looking at what you do have. And if you have a willingness to, to surrender that to him based on what you do have, then he will make up the difference and he will add to you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then there's another scripture that's in first Peter five, two, that talks about a readiness of mind. And this is relating to the shepherds, the, the, um, relating to the elders, uh, over the flock of God, over the children of God, over the church says, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. That means don't, don't make it feel like, oh, you, you know, um, you know, you, you, God is making you do this. No, he's not going to make us do anything. He wants us to do it out of a willing heart to, to have compassion, to have the heart, to see, see, see the, 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 congregation, to see the sheep, to see them grow, to see them prosper. And it says not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, a ready mind. That means a mind that's ready to be submitted to the will of the father. That if he tells you to go this way, no, not because everybody else is doing it. No, but a willing mind that's submitted to the father that says, father, I see everybody else is going this route. Is this the route that you want me to take? I see everybody else is saying this. I see everybody else is going, you know, is, 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 is signed up for this and going with this and but is that what you want me to do? So a ready mind is not just a mind that's just, oh, well, I'm just going to just go mindlessly. No, it's, um, I, I recognize the power that that's being, that's in submitting to the will of the father. I recognize the covering, the protection, the provision that comes with having a ready mind to be submitted to the will of the father. Glory to God. So ask yourself, examine, let's examine ourselves. Do we have a willing heart? Do we have a responsive heart? Do we have a ready mind to the will of the father? And so, and so it's, it's something, uh, to really ponder and to think about, you know, uh, lastly, what I want to say is, you know, Jesus had a sensitivity to the father, um, and, and to have a sensitive sensitivity to the father is to be sensitive to the spirit, uh, to the Holy spirit, 
God's spirit, God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was moving in the earth realm. And so, and so as he's moving in the earth realm, he is uh, the one that, 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 now has taken on the baton from Jesus Christ to do the will of the Father. If you look in John chapter 14, it talks about how that the Holy Spirit only comes but to do the will of the Father. And so for us, the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our God. He is our intercessor. He is our standby. He is the paraclete of the Father. And so, and so if, if we ever want to be in the perfect will of the Father, then it would behoove us to be connected and sensitive to the Spirit of God to the Holy Spirit, to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. And so, and that's how Jesus was. So how do we become sensitive to, to, to the Holy Spirit? Um, well, of course it's through our connection to the father and our connection to the father is through prayer, through effectual fervent prayer, not just prayer. This is my to-do list. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do. No, it's, because I know this is communion with the Father. This is connecting to the Father. This is what I want to do. This is what my desire, this is what I yearn to do. This is what I hunger to do, is to be connected to the Father. And when you're connected to the Father, He connects you to the Spirit. And He has that communication that goes back and forth where He he opens up our sense, uh, our, our, our spiritual senses, you know, uh, to be able to hear, to be able to see in the spirit realm, to be able to sense in the spirit realm what the Father wants and where He is leading and what He wants us to do. And so we want to be sensitive to the Father because that's that's a, a, a component of a ready, a ready mind. So I say to you, do you have a ready mind? If not, let's let's train ourselves in having a ready mind. Let's not be comfortable with when the father tells us to do something that um, we wrestle with his will, you know, to the point where we, we, we decide to do it. Yeah, we're, we're in our flesh. We're in our humanity like Jesus came in flesh and he wrestled, but yet he, he relinquished his will. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So where is your nevertheless? Yeah, you can you can wrestle with some things. You can try to get your flesh in order, get your mind straight, but let your resolve be nevertheless, not my will, but let thy will be done. I pray this has been a blessing to you. I just want to encourage you if you've been tuning in to the podcast, I want to hear from you. Give me your comments, give me give me what the word is doing for your life. I've heard different people listening in, but I wouldn't know it unless I someone told me. So take the opportunity to 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 leave your comments. Also take the time to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Don't just listen, but subscribe. And that way you can get notifications that whenever we have a new podcast coming out, you'll be the first to get it early, early, early before everyone else. You get the early bird gets the word. Amen. And so, so I encourage you to respond back to me because that will encourage me, but it also will, will let me know that, that, that what's being released because God's word goes out and doesn't return to him void. And you know, this was changing lives is all about changing lives with the word of God. The word of God has been released and has continued to be released and will continue to be released uh, through this podcast. But come on, 
communicate with me. Leave your comment. I, I bless you and I pray uh, for a ready not a readiness of mind uh, in everything that you do, that the will of the Father will be done in your life. Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I pray that's your prayer. God bless you. This has been another episode of Changing Lives. Be sure to subscribe to stay updated on new episodes. Also, find us on the web at mountgileadfgim.org. And follow us on Instagram at Mount Gilead FGIM.